Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sirah, and much more. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com as well as rate, review of iTunes. I will move immediately to what we are doing in Surah Al-Qalam, like those ayats which uh, in the uh, next coming here, where after talking all about the uh, Al-Qalam issues and the uh, the takrib and uh, the small story of the people of the garden, look, what is coming next? where he starts saying, oh, maybe you have something to tell us. Like, I, I'm challenging you about the riba or tatfif, about the shirk, about all of these. Then I say, okay, fight back. Talk back. But they cannot talk back. They cannot come up back with an argument. They come with a fight, with a physical fight. You know, sometimes you tell someone, look, you are wrong. You have been blah, blah, blah. And then he, he doesn't know what to do. He slaps you in the face to shut you down. So here the Quran starts saying, Maybe you have a book that you are reading, show me. You choose whatever you want, just bring your book. Or maybe you have some promises and some covenants against us. Let's see. And then I will, I will talk about this even more detail. Uh, then he says, Ask them, who, can, who has any claim, who has anything to respond? So that's part of a political process. So what we are doing here and what we are talking about is indeed the political process that the Prophet led under the guidance of the Quran. So to, to, uh, to continue here, to get back to, the, to this ayat, how they really uh, rhyme very well in this issue, after Allah talked about the mukaddibin, Halaf, Maheen, Hamaz, Mashiach, Binamim, the ones who cause the fitna and they stop the goodness and the aggressor and, and the Zaneen, the son who, uh, uh, of a wadlaq or the bastard, etc. And about all of these uh, people, then Allah immediately comes and says, Who is leading? It means those who have taqwa, which are the Muslims. Allah has prepared for them Jannat al-Na'im. There is Jannah of abundance. Meaning that why am I with the Prophet like Abu Bakr and Ali and Uthman and Mus'ab and Talha and what's in it for them? There's lots of challenge here. There are people who are standing against them and they are trying to stop them, they are making taklif. What is, what's in it for Mus'ab bin Umayyah? What's in it for Bilal? Bilal to stand up for, against Umayyah bin Khalaf. Umayyah is his master. Now Bilal says, you are not my master, Allah is my master. 
I knew a slave, you enslaved me because I was black, somebody purchased me, okay, but I'm not your slave. I'm the slave of Allah Azza wa I will do, bring you woods from the, from the mountains, but you are not my master. My master is Allah Azza wa My Yabu Khalaf said, no, 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 you, you better be my slave and I'm your master. And there's a challenge here. So he takes him to the desert. He starts torturing him and he puts the big rock on his chest and he steps on his neck. He says, you have to declare that I am your master and I am your Lord. He says, no, Ahadun Ahad. Allah is my Lord, Ahadun Ahad. And we know that story. What's in it for Bilal? Why would he take this step? And the Prophet that Allah told him, Qum fa'andir, stand up, take a step. Qum layla illa qalila, stand up and stand up all night. Take a step. And the believers, Stand up for Allah Azza wa Jal. What's in it for them? Here Allah Azza wa Jal says, okay, you lead this process, you participate in it, you become part of it, you have Jannah. In fact, at that time, nothing, nothing can, can convince anyone to take a strong stand against big elites and the big but today, who's, who's in his right mind to stand against Bashar al-Assad in Syria? It's crazy. Until and unless you are convinced you have a bigger price because he's telling him, okay, if you stop the fight, I will give you some job. I don't want the job. I want something bigger because the sacrifice is much bigger. Here Allah says, because you have to have something big in order to be able to do that challenge. If you want to do a political process against elites, a political process that challenges what, what's called today democracy, what's called capitalism. And there is a big machine behind democracy stands nuclear warfare, behind democracy stands NATO, behind democracy stands uh, trillions of dollars. It's not easy. You can't do that. Until and unless someone comes and says, you know, as a reward, there is eternal good life for you. Eternal. Oh, okay, then I can do it. But I am willing to be part of that only if this is the price. So Allah makes this declaration so that the people are willing and able to get into this process. And then immediately Allah says, Do you think after all? We will equate the Muslims with the criminals. Look at this ayah. Very interesting ayah. If you think about it, I've been thinking, because we have not done this for the last two weeks, I was thinking about some of these ayat a lot. What is it that you can say here? And what strikes my mind is usually when you say a Muslim versus, you know, sometimes you say a Muslim versus Christian, Muslim versus Jew, Muslim versus Catholic. But here the ayah says Muslim versus criminal. Are we going to put at the same level Muslims and the criminals? So the Quran is making this comparison or this, you call it the, uh, the comparison between two entities. And those entities, sometimes they have to be opposite to one another. So a Muslim versus a criminal. It's not a Muslim versus Mushrik or a Muslim versus Kafir. 
or a Muslim versus a Jew, or a Muslim versus a Christian. All, all, all of these are valid comparisons because they are the opposite. They are different. But here, meaning that in the process you are making, Ya Muhammad, those who stand against this deen, those who want to stop this process, those who want to stop the propagation of this Islam, they are criminals. They are not only kuffar. A kafir is a kafir who doesn't believe. That's fine. There are many people who, are, who still don't get it. But on top of that, there is a criminal. A criminal means someone who is committing a crime. a crime. A crime is when someone is violating a valid law. A valid law. A valid regulation. And you violate that, that's a crime. And here Allah is immediately putting this notion that those who are stopping the rise of Islam, those who are stopping the progress of Islam, those who are not allowing Islam of Muhammad to be disseminated, to be propagated, who do, who those who do not give the opportunity for Muhammad and his Sahaba, his group, to come out into Mecca and to declare their Islam and to start propagating the da'wah of Islam, those are criminals. Those are criminals. They are not only kuffar, they are criminals. And a criminal, a crime, is someone who violates, who makes a violation that deserves punishment. Because a crime, sometimes you make violations, you make, like in Islam, in, let's say, in, in law, fiqh of Islam, the, one of the strongest, biggest sin in Islam is lying. But lying does not have a punishment to it in, 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 in the life, in, in the dunya, there is a punishment. In the, so it's not considered a crime. What is stealing, if you steal, then there is a punishment for it. So that's a crime. There's jurm. So the jurm, al-mujrim, al-mujrim is the one who commits a violation of the law that deserves a punishment. So here Allah Azza wa Jalla says, the muttaqeen, who are the Muslims, they will go to Jannah. And of course, we will not put at the same level a Muslim and a Mujrim. The Muslim is the one who believes in Allah and propagates for Islam and calls for Islam and wants to disseminate Islam and wants to propagate Islam and wants the Islam to rise. And the Mujrim is the one who wants to stop the rise of Islam. Now here comes the Quranic style, the distinguished style of the Quran. What happened to you? What type of judgment do you make? Are you really in are you in your right mind to, to equate the Muslims with the with the criminals? Who are the criminals? And that's another another fact now. Because sometimes people start labeling, oh you are terrorist, fundamentalist, you're insane. Come on, that makes that really kills you if someone labels you with all of these bad because terrorism is a crime. It's really, it's a big crime because terrorism is a crime. So if someone says, okay, those guys are terrorists, Muslims, of course, when, and, and I mean that because sometimes when the crimes are committed in this country, at the beginning, let's say, someone goes into a shooting and he shoots, let's say, 20, 30, 50 people, and then he comes out. And then they say, oh, still, the, the incident has not been labeled as terrorist yet. And they wait. Then they find, oh, the guy, his name was William Muhammad. Oh, it has an element of terrorism in it. They don't say it's terrorism. The element of terrorism because part of his name is Muhammad and the other part is William. So there is an element of terrorism. Then when they find that, oh, the guy who did that, like the, uh, 
Timothy McVeigh, who brought down the FBI building in Oklahoma. That is a hate crime. That's a militia things. But that's not terrorism. So here, Allah is putting these things in the proper order. Al-Mujrim, the criminal, the one who commits crime, is the one who stops the word of Allah The one who does not want the, the sovereignty to be to Allah The one who wants the sovereignty, the rulership, the umbrella of governance to continue to be, to belong to people of money, people of wealth, people of certain race, the, the wasp like the white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, uh, as it has been for a long time in this country, or the Anglo-Saxons, or the French, or whoever. That is criminals. The Muslims versus the criminals. So if you are not part of Islam, part of the deen of Allah, not necessarily carrying the name of a Muslim, but part of the deen of Allah, that is a crime. Or if you are stopping that, then you may not be part of Islam, but does not make you necessarily a criminal. Criminal, if you are opposing the rise of Islam and the spread of Islam and the da'wah of Islam, that is a crime. Now, going back to this process, imagine now the Muslims, the early group of Sahaba, they think of themselves that they are the ones who are opposing the criminals. That is a process. That's a challenge. That's a very tedious one. Because those who are labeled to the criminal, who are criminals, they're going to get you. And Allah said, look, these are criminals. Like, to, if you look at Syria, Shabiha and the Bashar, and these are criminals. If you are opposing them, they will get you. They will kill you. They will destroy your houses. They will destroy the masajid. They will destroy the, ch the, the, the schools, the hospitals. They will kill everybody. Those are criminals. But nevertheless, you are in the in the struggle. So you cannot go back. And then the Quran, of course, continues to say, <coughs> If you are not criminals, as the Quran claims, then you must have something that you rely on. You have a book. A book, when you say a kitab, now here is the interesting, the Quran says, okay, maybe you have something that you are reading. You have some documents, you have some, you have some ideas, you have some concepts that you are following. Actually, they don't. Criminals, they don't. Criminals, as I said, they change the rules every time you try to play a game and win. They change the rules on you. So they don't have anything fixed. So they have nothing. You write in it things that suits you. And that I always like to pick on this issue of terrorism a lot because this has been one of the biggest attack and offense against Islam and the Muslims. In, I think, that was 1977-78, there was a big meeting that took place in Britain, and there was an attempt to define the concept of terrorism. And the meeting brought experts from the FBI, from the CIA, from the MI6, from the French intelligence, and at the time, the ones who were excluded those from KGB, but then the KGB were eventually invited. It was a long meeting. It was not one day. It was for many, many days. Just to find out the terms, a term, to define a term of terrorism and put it in, in the uh, Encyclopedia Britannica and to add it to the uh, Oxford Dictionary. 
And the whole idea, they brought the experts from all of these interpreters. Now, now, these guys are not linguistics. This is not issue about linguistics or uh, philosophers. It's about intelligence. So what does the CIA and the MI6 and the FBI have to do with the term definitions? This is supposedly a terminology. But they came to term to define the terminology in a manner, and they, that's part of the uh, documentation. The definition has to be flexible enough, flexible enough to be, uh, to be customized so that it will be affixed to a certain group of people, but not to other group of people. And they were thinking about it. Or maybe there is a group that's fighting, they call it civil rights movement. Or there is a group that's fighting for their political rights. But there is a group that's fighting for political rights, but still we want to call it terrorism. So they found, they had to come up with a definition of a terrorism. So they said, at the beginning, one, one of their definitions, as I remember is, this is uh, using military, military forces for achieving political rights. Using military forces for achieving political rights, and then they put some, some other definitions with that, which makes it uh, customizable. If you are a Muslim, then you are not a fighter for political right. If you are, let's say, in Nicaragua, then you are not terrorist, and so on. So this was done, as the Quran says, You put in the book whatever you choose and suits you. Takhayyar means it's selection. It's not based on judgment. You choose, oh, I want this definition to be there. Okay, put that definition. Oh, I don't want that definition. Take that away. I want the political process to mean only election. Make it only election. If you don't vote, you are part, you are isolated. You are isolationist. Because sometimes if I sit here and say, look, brother, elections, voting, casting a vote to a particular entity in this country or anywhere in the world today is haram. So, oh, this brother is isolationist. You want to be isolated from the ummah, from the group. You make your own definitions. You define your own definitions. Political process is not only election. And as I said, election is the least part of political process. A political process is a process that is aimed and can be used to change the rules of the game in any society. And today, anyone who wants to change the rules of games are not allowed. You can't. So there is no political process. Absolutely, there is none. There is no political process that is allowed. No one allows political process to take place in any country in the world, in fact. In fact, if I want to be, to be even, even, even an Islamic state comes in, and the Islam is based on Islam and the rules of Allah Azza wa Jal. If someone would lead a political process that will change the rules of the game, that Allah is no longer the Buddha, I'm not going to allow him. That's natural. You don't allow people to come and participate in a process that eventually changes your rules of game. That's no one is going to allow that. Capitalism doesn't allow it, democracy doesn't allow it, communism doesn't allow it, nationalism doesn't allow it. Minamar doesn't allow it, Qatar doesn't allow it, even fake countries like Qatar and Umarah, they don't allow that. No one allows that. So the whole issue is, these are books that the people write, and the, as the Quran says, You put in it whatever you want. You make your own statements. This is valid, this is invalid, this is right, this is wrong. You make your own definitions. That is not right. 
أم لكم أيمان علينا بالغة إلى يوم القيامة. The Quran continues with this style. Now here this surah, as I mentioned at the beginning, one of the earlier surahs, Allah Azza wa Jal, and of course the style of the Quran, all of it is striking. But at the beginning it was absolutely striking. It was in a manner, it was constructed in a manner that will shock the people who would listen to it. Like coming here on this, or maybe you have some, some agreements that you took between you and us, between the kuffar and the Muslims. Maybe you have some secret things that you know. Come on, bring it up. There is nothing secret here. Until the day of judgment, that we are not going to touch you, that we will not attack your uh, gods, that we will not... Uh, uh, take uh, make any stands against your uh, oppression. You think that we gave you these statements? We didn't give you any statements. Everything is wide open. So don't think that you are immune. And you rule the way you want. Here again, you just make your own rules. Just like you choose and select in your books whatever you want. You choose and select the rules you want. You make the rules like uh, there was the... Oh, somebody was telling me on this issue of uh, William Muhammad, the one who made the shooting in, in Washington and Maryland, and the sniper, and he has a kid who was assisting him or someone, so they gave him a death sentence to that guy because he has an element of Islam and the other one they gave him an excuse. So they selectively choose the ahkam. The ahkam they will selectively. In Syria, the government here says, oh, we still don't know who are the bad guys or the good guys. Or the chemical weapons may end up to be in the hands of some fundamentalists, some Muslims. So we are not going to Allah to help anyway or to, to force Bashar al-Assad out of the office. In Libya, the first time, the first moment the uprising came out, they found Mustafa Abdul Jalil and some other people. They visited France and they said, okay, we are in control. Don't worry, no fundamentalism, no Islamic things will, will take over. So NATO took a stand and started bombarding Libya the next day. And to the, to be, to, for the, the, the honesty of those, dishonest people. When they made the elections in Libya, they made sure that the so-called Islamic elements do not prevail, although the Islamic elements, they were much more effective than any, anyone else. But in Libya, because of that, there was an agreement. There is this type of deals with the kuffar that took place. So in So in Syria, we are not going to participate. Let Bashar al-Assad crush the entire nation. In Libya, we did. And then it's a choice. It's a rule. So the, the Quran is very, very comprehensive. It applies to any situation you want. Because that is the real problem with the enemies. The real problem with those who, who, who stand against Islam, let's put it this way, is that they change the rules. The way they want. You have your own rules. Today, if you you are moderate, as the uh, foundation of heritage, the Heritage Foundation, once they, took, they had an article 
Listen, those who claim that Islam is an ideology, those who claim that Islam is an ideology means Islam, it rules the lives of the people. They shall be the enemies of us for the rest of the life. And those who take Islam in the most moderate manners as, and they, 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 they list some, some names and some groups, they shall be celebrated forever. So now, in the, this is the Heritage Foundation, it's one of the biggest think tanks in the, in the U.S. And they are saying that, we, we want to make the world, okay. You are an ideologist, you think Islam is an ideology, you are damned. You are moderate, you think Islam is only prayer and fasting and hajj, we will give you some funds. Build your masjid, God bless you. And we will visit you and will, our presidents, will, you will have iftar parties at our White House. You will be invited for iftar, for celebrations. For, you are celebrated. You become celebrated if you do that. Or do they have some associates that they can help them? Who's leading all of this nonsense? Find out their leader. And this is interesting, the Quran is targeting the heads, not targeting the tails. Za'im, in Arabic, pure, simple, colloquial Arabic, Za'im is a leader. But it comes from the word Za'ama, Za'im means he claim. And the word Za'im, why do they call a leader Za'im? is because the one who claims something on behalf of a multitude, on behalf of a nation. Someone is he's making the biggest claim. So he's Zayn. So the Quran says, find out who's that Zayn and talk to the Zayn. Don't, don't address your words to those guys who are below. Let me see later. Just like in Surah Iqa, where he says, uh, uh, until he says we will hit al-nasiya the top of the head this is called al-nasiya right here the forehead okay in the tafsir sometimes they say we'll slap him on the forehead right here but it's not really that. means we will hit the highest, the highest position in that society. The one who looks like a Nasir. means we will definitely go and hit the, 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 the top of the pyramid. And here, ask them, find out who is that Zaim and let's deal with him. Let's deal with this. And this is very interesting. You know, sometimes you say, oh, brothers, like in, in Jordan, I'm from Jordan, so from, uh, let me talk Jordan. Uh, you'll find those who are the claiming revolutions and doing this. We, uh, we want to change everything, but don't talk about the king. King is, let, let him be there. That's the king. So we'll, change, we'll talk about prime ministers and ministers and corruptions there. The Quran doesn't say that. Quran says, find out the one who is in charge of all. Az-Za'im. Find out, ask them, what is the Za'im? Now, of course, the Quran, it's not that we are ignorant, we don't know that. It is just directing 
putting it or putting the things right in perspective. Get that Zion. Talk to the Zion. Sell him a young metallic Zion. Ask, ask him who is going to lead all of this nonsense, this criminals or this crime against Islam. Find that Zaim and talk to that Zaim. Send home a young Vedanic Zaim. And then, of course, I will uh, stop right here. There is uh, this ayah which uh, it says, Yawma Yukshafu Ansaq. The reason I will make it next time because there is lots of controversy here about Yukshafu Ansaq. When the Saq is the, the leg from the knee down, or the leg is being exposed on the day of judgment. And there are some lots of reports on this issue. What is being exposed on that day, uh, especially those are one of the earlier surahs. Uh, so there is no room for even controversy. There shouldn't be anything controversial at this uh, at this time. But I will pick it up next time so we don't uh, uh, lose the gist of it uh, during the last few minutes. So I'll stop right here. Uh, just. The idea here, I tried to link those few ayat to the question that the brother brought earlier about this Islamic political process, how do we initiate it? This is a political process. Defining the elements, al-muttaqin on one side, and al-mujirimin on the other side, uh, trying to lead an argument, what evidences you guys have, what do you, how do you want to interact with me on what basis do you have a book do you have something written do you have some ideas that we can talk about do you have or you just select things rules the way they, you want what is and then who's the leader on top of that so let's have a talk let's have a struggle with the ones who are in charge we don't want to struggle with the ones who don't have a say because if you struggle with the one who doesn't have a say at the end of the day says oh, okay i agree i'm with you but i can do nothing so you waste your time. So you better deal with the one who is in charge of the uh, of the thing. So I'll stop right here. Yes, go ahead. Uh, when you talk about the uh, political process, does it necessarily mean to change the way of life completely from roots from the Afrika or? Uh, Yes, because actually it does. Because a political process has a meaning. A process is a mechanism. Process is certain steps that you follow one after another to achieve something. That's what a process is, right? Like the process of extracting uh, oil from olives. It's a process. So you pick the olives, you bring them from the tree, you take them to uh, to the press, you press it, you separate the oil from it's a process at the end of the day you have something so a process is is a complete mechanism where you lead certain steps from a to z until you get to a conclusion that's a process now political political process means it has to do with the political life of the people and political life means the conducting of the affairs of people because being political what well, the political does not necessarily does not mean how to uh, to make sure that you run as a shepherd sheep in the in the mountain because this has nothing to do with the lives of the people. The political political means it is something that has to do with my life, with the lives of the people. 
Now, if I want a process that is political, then it must be a process that will change the way the people are conducting their lives. Otherwise, why do I do the process? What is the process for? If you are, if you are okay, if you are getting your share of life, if you are uh, treating, treated justly, if you have your money, if you have your, your, your wealth, you have your home, you have your security, your health, etc. That's your life. That's your affairs. If that your affairs are okay from a certain perspective, then I don't need a process to do anything. But if I come externally, if I look, your affairs are not good. Your health is not treated well. Your housing is not clean. Your education is not valid. Your, from my perspective, I could be wrong. It doesn't. I don't have to be right. I could be wrong. But I don't see that your affairs of life are okay from my perspective. Then I have to do something. To do something now, this is political. Whatever I want to do, politically, whatever process, is to change the way you are conducting your affairs. So a political process is a process that will change the way the political life of people is done. That's a political process. Anything else, if I say, oh, I just want to, you are okay, everything is fine, I just want to improve something on that, that is not a political process. It's an enhancement of your life, it is addition to something, it is uh, continuing to run your life the way it is. That is part of the political process, part of the political life of the people. So the political process, if you come to think about it, it's a process that is aimed at changing the rules and the basis upon which the life of the people is being built. And that is not allowed. That is not allowed in any country. Election is part of the political, current political life of the people. Like in this country, what is the election? There is a system which is being done. And then you get one or two people from the same system of democracy and capitalism from different parties who run in order to execute the lives of the people for what's called the executive branch. So it's part of it. So that's not a political process. That is an election process. It's one of the, one of the mechanisms that's done within the same lifestyle, the same system, the same part of the same system. But imagine someone with communist ideas, socialist ideas, nationalist ideas, like uh, uh, LaRouche who came from the same civilization, which is called democratic civilization, but he had different opinion. He said, this is not what democracy is about, this is not what should, capitalism should be about. I need to do something, and he created his party called the New Federalist, in order to make some changes. They threw him in jail for many years. And his party did not grow, not a single inch from the time he, he initiated that. That is not allowed. And they claim him criminal, crazy, stupid, all types of... You know, I'm not in support of LaRouche, his, uh, whatever his ideas are uh, as garbage as the other ones, but what I'm saying as a political process was banned, was not allowed. McCarthy stopped the communist political process in this country. Muslims, of course, do not have a political process in this country. They did not have one, they are not thinking of having one, I'm not sure if they will be ever, because they don't even understand what a political process is, the Muslims. Yes? So if the social 
system and the economic system is a part of a political system? Yes. Yeah. Part of the political system from the sense that political means running the affairs of the people. Sometimes we say the political system to be only the executive branch. That is metaphoric, metaphorically. But in reality, social system, economic system, all of these part of the political system and the political affairs of people. That's the definition of a siyasa in Islam. A siyasa is uh, means conducting the affairs of the people in general, whether it's in economy, in social life, anything. But sometimes for pure pedagogical, which means educational things, we make this separation. We say the political system is the one that has to do with the government, the social system that has to do with the social life, men, marriage, etc., and the economic system that has to do with the money. That's for, 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 for learning stuff. Yes? During the discussion with some other brothers, they, uh, although I don't, um, I, I, I can see the, I can see the fallacy of this idea, but I just want to, to uh, wanted you to elaborate. What if the, the someone out out there in the in the Muslim majority land, and they claim that they are that the Mumlak of Islamia, and they and they accept the banner of yeah no. The banner of United Nations. Okay. United Nations organization. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and they will say that this is just to take the pressure off from us. What would you say to that scenario? Brother, uh, I, I don't even want to go into that scenario because uh, the, the last part. Because these systems, these countries, they are not based on Islam from the first place. So to come now and to justify an act to say that uh, Islam may allow that based on pressure, it's nonsense because they are not based on Islam in the first place. So it doesn't make, it doesn't, it doesn't even make too much sense to start to to argue about one aspect whether this aspect is Islamic or not. Because uh, usually I give some some weird examples in these cases, like those someone. Uh, he doesn't care about Islam, He's, he has a girlfriend with zina, right? And then, but at the time when he wants to make zina, he makes sure that he makes tasbiyah. <laughs> Bismillah Or if someone is eating a pig, he says, Bismillah Allahu Akbar, he has zabiha pig. Okay, he has a pork, but it's a zabiha pork. Come on, this is crazy. So this is, so having said that, uh, if this was an Islamic state, Islamic Khilafah, and then it has to yield to certain pressures from international organizations if they have ganged against it, there are rules for that. There are Islamic rules which some, some of them allow, some of them don't allow. It depends on what's, uh, what is being uh, at stake. Uh, and there are things that can be discussed. But they, these are not Islamic states. And uh, they are not part of the United Nations because they think it's under pressure, because they believe in the United Nations, because they do accept the United Nations as being the organization that unites uh, nations in order to, uh, to achieve security, in order to achieve prosperity, in order... It's part of their belief system. And when they do not implement Islam, it's not because 
or they are afraid that someone is going to bombard them if they do that, because sometimes they give you the example of Taliban. When Taliban wanted to implement Islam, they took them out. So when they do not implement Islam, it's not because they are afraid that they will be, they will be pressured or someone will, will destroy them. They do not believe in Islam as the one. They don't believe in that. So that's the real, always take the, the argument based on its own merit, not based on what they want. But that's what the Quran says, you choose on what ground you want to argue with me. You want to argue with me, say, oh, okay, you know what? With Israel, don't, isn't it true that the Prophet ﷺ conducted a peace treaty with the Sufi Hudaybiyah? Yeah, it's true. But Sufi Hudaybiyah has nothing to do with this. Well, the Prophet ﷺ was in a fight and there were certain terms and we know what these terms are and we know what the objective and we know what the base upon it. Here, you are doing the treaty with Israel because you believe Israel should exist. And because you are the guards for the Jewish state in Palestine. Because Britain and France brought you in Jordan, in Egypt, in Syria. They installed you as kings or presidents in order to protect Israel. So don't come and tell me now, I'm doing peace treaty because there was some Hudaybiyah. That's ridiculous. I'm not even willing to argue with that. Because if you get in, in this argument, you will get all types of directions. You will lose and you will not be able even to understand facts. These countries, they conduct peace treaties with Israel because they were established to protect Israel and to create it in the first place. That's why Britain brought them and put them, installed them in that area. That's why America is supporting them. So now they want to, to make this, oh, you know, Salah al-Hudaybiyah. Or Salah al-Din, he made some truce or what they call it, the uh, ceasefire with the, with the crusaders before Hattin. Yeah, but he did then, he, he, he kicked their, their, their uh, in brackets, and he kicked them out from there. Salah <laughs> So don't tell me that he had a peace treaty with the crusaders. That doesn't apply to this case. We know Salah al-Din, he started from day one to prepare the armies, to prepare the, all the grounds in order to regain Jerusalem and Palestine back from the Crusaders. In the mean, in the course of actions, there was a time where he had said, okay, let's stop for a year or two years or three years, it doesn't matter. There is a need for that, he thought. Part of a plan, but these guys, their plan is to establish Israel and Palestine and part of the plan is to conduct a peace treaty. So it's not part of the plan to conduct a peace treaty so that we, we later attack and regain it. Part of the plan is to sign something so next time we get all the Arabs, all the Muslims out of Palestine and say, Jews, Israel now, you are more than welcome to be part of the Middle East. So that's, it's very important to understand the merit of the arguments on what we like the Quran right from, from the very, very beginning it says, we are the Muslims, we are the criminals. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, also I can notice like in these verses the, uh, you know, the concept of like, you know, tahakkum. Mm -hmm. like, the Quran is making like, you know, a uh, humorous, like mocking, you know, yes. uh, especially like in the verse, uh, أم لكم أيمان علينا بعدها إلى يوم القيامة إن لكم لما تحكمون أو do you have an oath a valid oath binding on us 
until the day of judgment that you rule whatever way you choose. Now, uh, the Iman, the oath, when you swear, as a Muslim, you make an oath in the name of Allah, right? <laughs> so, uh, if you are making the oath in the name of Allah, of course, you are a Muslim. But in this case, they are not Muslims. Uh, so, uh, in whose name you are making an oath? <laughs> yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's like uh, a very um, humorous situation, you know, like uh, in whose, uh, you know, false God's name, you are making an oath, and you think that oath is, you know, valid and binding on us, you know, because you, you, you just swore by the name yeah. of your God. And of course they don't, <laughs> because it's actually, you are asking, do you have this oath or this covenant or this ayat or between us? Of course not. So it's, it's just making, exposing their, their, uh, double standards, their, their shallow, stand their shovels, they have nothing to stand on, you don't have anything. So what is it that you have? Do you have a book? You don't have a book. Do you have uh, uh, something that's written, some oath that you have taken and we have accepted that? What is it that you, you are relying on? You are relying on nothing. And that's why in fact, because they are relying on nothing, now they said, okay, let's fight. I don't want to fight. They want to drag someone to they dragged Ali Yasser, they tortured them. And the Prophet would say, Sabran Ali Yasser, just be patient, you'll go to Jannah, don't worry. I'm not going to fight on your behalf now. We are not going, we are not going to shoot at this guy who is torturing you. Be patient. If they kill you, you'll go to Jannah. We are not going to accept this type of fist fight. We are just using these. Let's see, if you have anything, bring it up. They don't. They don't. Million times you call these idiots. I am calling for Islam. I want Islam. Let's talk. Let's have a public debate. And we are willing to debate anyone in the world on these issues of Islam. No one will debate that. No one will allow even a platform to talk. When we do our conference, they this is the third time already they cancel our place for conference. Come on, we, 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 we just want to talk. No, you are not allowed to talk. Just a, a verse uh, also for the handbook. Like, you know, the pagans, they used to have these, like, uh, concubines, you know. And the slave girl, like the concubine, had no at all, like in their culture, especially for these elites, you know, he would think nothing of, yes. you know, Amma, you know. So Allah in the Quran, in fighting shirk, you know, that they, you know, set up gods equal to Allah, he says uh, to them, do you have uh, concubines that you feed them the way you fear <laughs> your competitors in, in the market, you know, the free elite Arabs, you know. Uh, so... <laughs> If, if you don't, like, you know, this is a slave, you know, how can I deal her? Uh, then just think of, you know, uh, how that applies to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how we set up, you know, like, uh, a partner to him, you know. So, like, in the beginning, we said the Quran was, like, exposing their lives. Yes, yes exposing them and hitting them. Like this, it's really it's hitting them right and left. And later, it will come back again. 
to the same thing. Do you have this? Do you have this? Do you have that? No, you don't, of course. Then let them go for for a short period of time, then it comes back. Or maybe you have even you have the knowledge of the ghayb. That's even worse. So it's it's really it's it's a style that's so strong, it's a big attack, big offense, and it's very big offense. It's, and it's not even it's not insulting. It's just putting things on on and, uh, uh, on the line, all this life, all their uh, all their thought process, if they had uh, any thought process. Okay. Any other comment? Questions? No. What about uh, voting for the lesser of the two evil in, here in the West? If some one candidate has come up openly about Islam and said bad things about Islam, while the other one has not, yeah. should a Muslim be participating for that? Well, uh, I, I think I answered this question earlier before you came here. Uh, the lesser of two evil is always better correct for me uh, to have someone who is, who is less evil or less, uh, less harmful to me or to the community. But at the, end of the, at the end of the day, what counts for me as an individual, for me as an individual, I have to be asked, I have to be asked by Allah Azza wa on certain on the acts that that lesser of two evil because the lesser of two evil still is an evil correct the lesser of two evils that's the definition so there are these are evils but one is doesn't do as much so when i will be asked if i give a vote to x person and this x person instead of killing a million muslim he killed only ten thousand isn't that lesser that's lesser so instead of bombarding Iraq and destroying Iraq and Afghanistan, he's just doing in the tribes of Pakistan a little bit. That's much less than before. But that much less, that one life of a Muslim that has been consumed at the hand of someone I voted for, I would be asked for. I would be asked about it. Do I want, as a Muslim, do I want to be asked on the day of judgment that your vote, you allowed someone who gave, because the vote is, it's a power of attorney. Literally, a vote is a power of attorney. When I vote for you, I give you my, because you cannot rule unless I give you my power, because the ruling belongs to the people, that's the system. So the system, we the people, we put the power in you to rule. Delegate. We delegate, so it's a delegation. So this delegation, now you are doing rules on my behalf. So if you make one strike, one strike, and you you consume the life of one Muslim, or not even non-Muslim, doesn't have to be a Muslim, illegal because if you kill one person, it's as if you have killed the whole world. If you do once, then I will have to answer for that as well. Do I want that? As a Muslim, I don't want that. Because I don't want to be on the day of judgment to be responsible for the act of someone, anyone, be it a president or a congressman or a member of parliament in Jordan or in Pakistan, anyone who performs one single deed. In fact, I was making this joke earlier that in my village, the one of the representatives, he came from my 
was a little short while ago. It was like a playboy. The playboy man. He, he goes to, as a member of the parliament, he goes to Beirut, to Istanbul, to other places. He goes for, for whorehouses. And it's known, people know that. Then one day, when the person is asking me, why don't you give me your vote? And I was smiling at him and said, look, you go to all these places, you quote and quote, you enjoy yourself. But then I have to pay for that. Not money, I have to pay, it's a sin. Because if I give you a vote, then I allow you to be a member of parliament, and then you go and visit all of these places, you have now more money. So you go and you enjoy yourself. It would have been much better if I take the sin for the deed I do. So here I am taking the sin, and he's enjoying the act. It's not fair, it's not even in, in dunya-wise, it's not even fair. So the idea here is, those guys that we elect, you elect someone, and that someone he goes and he womanizes. Forget about legislation, he womanizes. And he, has, he uses his power and authority to, like Clinton. You know, he was womanizing with money in the White House. So he was doing it as a president. Everybody who elected him, who put them in that office, he will take the sin of that Monica, although he did not enjoy sleeping with him. All these Muslims and non-Muslims who elected Clinton, when he was fooling with, with the lady, he enjoyed the lady. And those guys, they take the sin of it. Forget even about killing or not killing. Talking about small things like this. I don't know what the heck the man I, or the woman I elect, what they do. I don't know whether they, they go and drink with my... Because now they get money and they get invited to parties, to other places. They drink, they womanize, they gamble. Uh, they be, be, uh, intermingle with the Freemasons, with all types of... They make fun of religions, of Islam. Of, this, I don't know what they are doing. Even if he's a Muslim. Because in the Muslim world, there are Muslims. You elect a Muslim, he's your relative, cousin. And you know this person. And he goes in the parliament, and he becomes part of a committee, and he goes in trips. I don't know what the heck he's doing. And all of this is on my behalf. He's my delegate. I delegated him. So on the day of judgment, I go, I look at my book, because Allah Azza wa Jalla will give me my book, said, man, there are things which I have not done. These are not my acts. I know my acts. Oh, I know the women's I talked with, chatted with. I know my eyes. I look. Allah knows when I, I sneaked and I looked at something. All of these in my books, oh, I, I know them. I, I recognize them. I can do nothing except ask Allah to forgive me, correct? But then there is a big part like this. Oh, I didn't do that. There is something to do with zina, with riba, with the oppression, with killing. I didn't do anything. Oh, wait a second. But you elected, you voted for this guy, and he slept with a woman illegally. You elected, voted to this guy, and he made riba. You uh, voted for this guy, and he womanized. You voted for this guy, and he killed someone. You voted for this guy, and he cheated. You voted for... All of these things are in my book, and I can't answer for them. Man, I don't need them. This is what it boils down to. See, as a, because on the day of judgment, Allah Azza wa says, In kullun illa Each one is coming individual, one by one. 
You will come by one by one. No one will see you. He will get you his, your book in your hand. Take this book and look at it. وَإِذَا الصُّحُفُ نُشِرَةً Open the book. Allah doesn't treat people in absinthe. It's a day of judgment. It's called day of judgment. This is, that's how it's translated. There is a judgment. He gives you the books. All the deeds. There are this much deeds. I feel embarrassed. Yeah, subhanAllah, I've done this. I know that. Even if I don't talk, my legs will witness. Oh, I've done that. I was ignorant. I didn't know. Uh, I violated laws. Looking for your mercy, Allah Azza wa Jal. Which is true. That's what we all hope for. We hope for, for our sins, we can at least have this argument. I've done that. I have to admit, you cannot not admit. But then you will be shocked. You'll be shocked to see that bunch of deeds, thousands, millions of things, that they are on your shoulder and you did not even benefit from them in the life. You did not even enjoy them. Oh, Barakallah. You will carry your own weight and you will carry the weights of others. That's bad. That's bad. I don't want that. That's why quite often I say, you know, my neighbor is poor. I always give my neighbor money. I feed my neighbor. My friends, they have some need, hungry. I do whatever I can. But then, when the day of judgment will come and say, oh, but there, there were about 500 million people that you were responsible for and you did not feed. Man, how could I feed 500 million people? How would even I know who is hungry in Bangladesh or Pakistan or Indonesia? Those are not mine. Ah, listen, ah. These are part of the Muslim Ummah that have, should have been fed. Someone should have been responsible. But not me. Oh yeah, not you. There has to be an Imam who is responsible. But you did not work to get an imam to be responsible for them. Then therefore you will be guilty of not feeding those poor people. Ah, too bad. So that's what the issue here is. Is I do not want at any point of time to carry any weights beyond mine. Because my weight is even too heavy. The sins I have done are more than enough. I barely can work out for them. When I go to Hajj, I spend nights or days asking Allah for the sins that I have committed. During Taraweeh, during Laylatul Qadr, each and every one of us, when we really hit that moment, that peak, there is always a peak moment in Ramadan, a peak moment where you really come to almost visualize all your problems, all your sins, and you want Allah to forgive them. You know them. Everybody, every one of us knows them. We can deal with that. Laylatul Qadr comes, Ramadan comes. Allah Azza wa says, Ramadan, I give it for you, a time for you can reckon with your sins. But how in the world I can reckon with the sins of those whom I elected? I don't know them. How many of us who have voted on Ramadan comes, he says, oh Allah Azza wa I want to ask you to forgive me the sin that was done by Walsh, the sin that was done by Obama, the sin that was... We don't do that. Because we don't know them. Because we are not even aware of them. So that's what the idea. Yes, listen of to evil is fine. It's good for the community at large. But at the end of the day, what really I should care about, and I always say that with, and I don't shy away, what I should care about 
And this is being too selfish. Very selfish. I want to make sure that I am the one who goes to Jannah. I don't want to go to Jannah. I don't want my sins to be more than my hasanat. I don't want to be buried in Jahannam not a single second. It's too much. Because the Quran says, فَمَنْ زُحْزِحَ عَلَى النَّارِ وَأُدْخِلَ الْجَنَّةِ فَقَدْ فَازِ If you are only tilted from now, you know tilted, this is nar, Jahannam, and you are close to it, زُحْزِح, like with force being tilted, just past. Then you are okay. فَقَدْ فَازِ فَقَدْ فَازِ And not only that, and we all know this, the Quran talks about on the day of judgment, you wish, you really wish, that you can take everybody in the world and push them in Jahannam so you get saved. Right? Woman fit ardi jamiyan thumayunjeeb. Right? Woman fit all people on earth. You really would like to see them, would, you would not mind. It's not, you wouldn't mind having all of them go to hell, but you go to Jahannam. That's big, including, including mother, father, children, wife, right? And tribe. That's what the Quran says. That's one ayah. The other one talks about ummihi wa abi. Another place, both. One talks about wife, children, tribe, all the people, mother, father, brother, you name it. Everybody will go to Jahannam. The, the hadith of the Prophet that says that when the father comes to his son, says, do you have extra hasana to lend me? says, no father, go away. I'm looking for the same thing you are looking for. Don't ask me, right? So the idea here is, if that is my objective, now, and Allah says, this better be your objective. Make sure that you get saved. Then, and here, although it's on the camera, some people may get mis misunderstanding. Even Muslims, so say, I work for Khilafah, for Imamah, for Islam, for the Ummah. It truly, I don't work for the Ummah, I work for myself. I don't. It doesn't matter whether the whole Ummah gets saved or not. Because on the Day of Judgment, all these Muslims, live on the Kuffar, the two billion Muslims, they will not do me any good. It's my deeds. So when I say I want to work for Khilafah, it's because working for Khilafah gives me hasanat and avoids my sins. When I want to work for Islam, to make Islam a progress, it's because that adds to my to my file, so I can make it. The idea is I have to make it. Now in the meantime, I don't have to make mistakes so that you make it. Like I vote for someone who is an idiot so that you guys get benefit. Yeah, you will benefit. The ummah will benefit from someone who is lesser evil. The people would, but I wouldn't. The point is I, I don't. The whole issue is when the day of judgment is I what counts. Because Jahannam is not something easy. 
You know, Jahannam is not something easy. Fire, hellfire is not something easy. I will work for the Ummah all my life as long as I am doing it based on what Allah says. I will work for the whole world, for all of humanity, all my life, as long as it's what Allah accepts. Because if one deed Allah doesn't accept, it doesn't matter whether I whether you benefit from it or not. Like I go and work uh, like those who sell the pork and liquor in order to make their children's life better. And they send their children to Harvard, to business schools, to make them doctors. Okay, you make your son a doctor. You make him big guy and he earns millions of dollars. And your son probably becomes a very good Muslim, alhamdulillah. And he goes and learns and he becomes a da'i and he becomes a shaheed. So he goes to Jannah, shaheed. Goes to Jannah directly. But then on the day of judgment, you will come, oh my son, I made you all of this and you were shaheed. But you, I did with pork and liquor. I did haram. It doesn't help. And you say, I have to do it for my children. Okay, your children, for my wife. Your wife will enjoy your, your money. Your kids will enjoy everything. Everybody will enjoy it but you. You will not enjoy it because you go to Jahannam for what you have done wrong. Now, Allah Azza wa forgives. I don't say you will go to Jahannam, it means you will. It means that this is a sin that Allah Azza wa punishes for in hellfire. If He wants to forgive it, He forgives it. Allah Azza wa is all forgiving. But that, I don't want to be in a position where I accumulate sins for the sake of others. I want to accumulate hasana for the sake of others. And Allah Azza wa made things. The ha- there is always a halal act and a haram act. Almost any, anything. It's something that can be done in halal, something can be done in haram. In result, in money, in fighting, in political, in politics. There are things which are halal, things which are haram. I will do the halal thing. And then judging from experience, you know when uh, the Muslims voted for George Bush as a black vote, Man. all these organizations they thought he was the lesser evil. persuading the Muslims in the khutbahs and yes. the emails to vote, you know, a black vote, they were sorry and, and there was nothing they could do to reverse it. You know, yes. And they will get the blame for it. I mean, they did get it, you know, either way. I remember I had a debate in Masjid in Milwaukee on this issue with the imam at the time. It was Bush versus Al Gore versus Al Gore, correct? Yes, yeah. And Al Gore, his uh, VP was the uh, the Jewish guy. Yeah, 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 Lieberman. So they were saying, oh, that was uh, a Jewish Lieberman, and therefore uh, we have to vote for this guy, he's lesser evil. And I was making this argument on the same basis here. But then at the end of the day, the point is, look, what do you mean this evil? Someone, he kills with a nuclear weapon or with just regular weapons. Who cares? You know, the idea was really, if you come to think about it, someone who, who slaughters you and he says, Bismillah, Allahu Akbar, or someone slaughters you without saying Bismillah. It's a slaughter at the end of the day. It's like the sheep. The sheep, whether you kill it with a Bismillah or not, it's a, it's a kill, it's a slaughter. So these guys, they have mercy by saying, oh, we are not killing all you, we just kill only the ones who are bad among you. But who are the bad? They are the majority. <laughs> so the whole issue of this evil doesn't even count. I don't even like to do, like I said to the brother there, I, don't, I wouldn't even argue on this, uh, on this basis. Yeah. Isn't it true that what 
most of the time Muslims think about this lesser evil based on they think that the one candidate has a different foreign policy than the other candidate because that's what Muslims are more, more concerned about yeah. and also the internal. But isn't it true that the foreign policy of a nation is determined not by just a person but the entire institutions like the yeah. CIA, the intelligence, the yeah. think tanks, they're not going to just change their opinion because someone else got elected. That's true. I mean, that goes without saying. That, that as the brother was mentioning, it's, it's even naive to think this way, lesser, better, worse. It's, it's, it's a very naive type of thinking. And we, uh, George Bush was elected on the basis by the Muslims. He was uh, endorsed as being the lesser of the two evils. I think. I remember, yeah. Oh, yeah. Using the same argument. Yeah. Yes. And then eight years after that, look what. Whoa. How, how small that evil was. So this whole issue is it's not even it's not even politically correct statement. This is politically incorrect. Like the uh, there was a show on TV that uh, talks about this politically incorrect. I think uh, I can add the Muslims have lost compass not only in this country. The whole Muslim Ummah lost compass since 1924 when the Khilafah was destroyed. We, we were left without compass. And there, are, and there are so many compasses now. And they give you all types of directions. So at the same one time you get uh, like the compass of the circuits. Because sometimes the compass should start flipping and then just there it. Now it keeps rotating. That's not a compass. It's uh... I said, like, like the Isna Convention, you know, it's not coming here. Nobody even bothers to ask, you know. <laughs> they are not like the Council of Islamic Organizations. Yeah. I mean, the idea was to have like umbrella governing all the mosques in the Greater Chicago area, yeah. but it doesn't have any like you know Does actual power. You know, you don't feel. It doesn't have direction itself. See, I think the, the, the good example is uh, the... Uh, see, an ummah, like the ummah of Islam, which is a huge, uh, it cannot be guided with multiple, with multiple guiding uh, uh, entities. It's impossible. You need one, you need a head. And the ummah doesn't have a head. We have so many legs, so many arms, so many... Uh, there is, in, in our computer theory, there is uh, one statement we call it uh, uh, split head. Is it called split head? Uh, split head or split brain theory, where a network, like we, we, have, we play with all types of networks. And then at some point, there is the main node or the main server dies or is out of service. And then one of these nodes has to be elected or to be to, to act as a, as a master. They call it split brain or split head problem. And that's, if it happens, the whole network dies. You cannot, you cannot function. Even simple, 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 small computer things. Now imagine you have two billion people without a head. And the head died, was taken out, taken out, and then there is no more 
no one head that can provide direction. Then you will get direction from ISNA, from Council of or, uh, Islamic Organizations, from CARE, from ICNA, in the Muslim world, from the Muslim World League in Saudi Arabia, from the Arab League, from the Azhar, from, from and each, and none of them has authority. Real authority, none of them has real authority, and it's not the knowledge, because the knowledge is not an issue, because each and every one of these could be probably a big, big scholar. The issue is the authority that has its uh, dom dominance over the Muslims. So that's why in the, in, the, uh, in the history, even when the Khalifa was weak, he could have been weak, but he has authority. Recognized. He's recognized as an authority. All you have to do is just replace him with someone who's, who's strong, someone who, can, who has capabilities. But if the Ummah loses the head, you don't have the head, then, in fact, the hadith of the Prophet وسلم, when he says, Al-Imam Jannah, Al-Imam Jannah, Jannah means a shield. You all fight from his behind his back in the front. So there is someone in front, someone in who stands between you and the and the and the, and the enemies and the rest of the world. Now you don't have that for some reason. My phone is distracting. You don't have that imam. You don't have the shield. Then you are wide open. Then your chest is wide open. And you can be you can be bombarded by all types of things, and that's what uh, that's why there is no direction. And it's not only the Muslims here; we are here, so we feel it. But when we, are, we go to the Middle East, we know it even uh, even more. Okay, we'll stop right here. I think. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sira are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com.